Hey, 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 it's Ariana Whittingham, your host of Wake the Fuck Up Sustainability Podcast. I'm so excited to be sharing this podcast with you guys today. We have had a little hiatus, but we're back and better than ever. And I'm here today joined with Austin all the way from Hawaii. Austin and his best friend Jake are founders of Arvo Eyewear, a sustainable premium eyewear company based out of Hawaii and California. We also get into some deep chats and share some pretty ugly truths about the global surf and skate brands. And we share some interesting stories about Billabong. You don't want to miss this one, guys. We drop lots and lots of information that shoppers would love to know about. We also share how to be sustainable in the world that we live in today. Today, I'm joined with Austin, who is on the call from Hawaii. He is a co-founder of Arvo, which is a sustainable independent eyewear company based out of Southern California. You guys might have already seen Arvo on Acocious as we have recently partnered with them. But if you haven't, I'll let you know they are carbon neutral certified. Their gap in the market is for affordable, stylish, both UVA and UVB protected eyewear. Thanks so much for joining me today, Austin. How are you feeling? Thanks for having me. Uh, feeling really good. And I'm excited to be partnered up with you guys. And looking forward to what the future holds. We're so excited as well. I wanted to start by asking you what you're grateful for and excited about at the moment. Right now, I'm grateful for a lot of things. Uh, one of them being just the opportunity to, you know, live another day. Tomorrow's never granted to you. So very lucky to have woken up this morning, gone for a surf, and just living in Hawaii and, and California. It's a uh, great balance and very, very fortunate to be able to live this lifestyle. So yeah. Sounds like you're living the dream. We did chat earlier about um, a new shipment coming in. So that sounds really exciting. Can you give us any hints? So right now, yes, we just did receive a new shipment. Uh, we're working on a new collection for spring and it'll trickle over into a little bit of our summer here in the States. But you're just going to have to wait and find out and see what it's all about. Perfect. Well, I'm sure everyone will be waiting. Let's chat about your product specifically then. We'll get into the story of how you guys founded and like how you got to where you are today in a second. But I just wanted to, whilst I've got you here, compare and contrast the differences between Arvo and generic eyewear companies, specifically like about your product, your design and manufacture, how you guys are sustainable versus how others aren't what you're doing that's different yeah yeah for sure so basically i mean arvo is just myself and my partner jake we started with sustainability in mind you know growing up in hawaii and, and spending a lot of our time around the ocean and being surrounded by nature i think that we're both pretty much deeply rooted in belief of sustainability and you know taking care of the planet that takes care of us. Jake was a professional surfer for about 14 years and he was, you know, sponsored by various brands and he saw the whole process of, you know, how these brands worked and and you know, at the time they were nowhere near where they are now in in terms of sustainability. So for us when we partnered together, sustainability was obviously our number one thought at hand and you know compared to a generic brand um, for one we're a super small tight-knit group of 
surfers and creators who are just working together to uh, push out something that's really affordable but really sustainable as well. All of our sunglasses are made with bioacetate. So bioacetate, specifically M49, and it's all you know plant-based, and we source everything right here in the United States and under all the right sourcing laws. And everything is, is uh, biodegradable, and we ship our products using uh, single-use plastic-free. So everything is pretty much shipped with recycled craft paper or recycled poly mailers. Even to the littlest of details are inks. When we dye, our frames are all water-based inks, so they don't have any type of chemicals in them. And we utilize, you know, recycled paper. And when we're sending out our PR boxes or when we send out, you know, little note cards or anything like that, you know, it's just the thought of being sustainable pretty much wherever we can. And we notice that in times like today, it's it's so important because we recognize that climate change is, is happening right below our feet. I mean, I was super fortunate enough to live right on the water. But, you know, these last couple of years, I mean, it's our house and the sea levels had just been rising super, super far every single year. And it's deteriorating, you know, a lot of the base of the actual, you know, house. So it's like, okay, well, people who don't kind of realize climate change, well, what's, you know, what's going on here? You know, the sea level is coming up every year at a specific rate. And it's it's scary to think about. So kind of with that in mind as well, we, we try to be sustainable where we can and encourage it, you know. I don't think anyone's ever going to be at a point in life where they're 100% sustainable because that's obviously not possible. But as long as you're working every day to be, you know, one to 2% better yeah. uh, for the earth and for yourself, I think that's really all that matters because in the end, you know, five, 10 years, you're going to have done a lot and you may end up paying more for a certain product or for a certain good that you might normally get at, you know, like a big box store for cheaper, but it's all about, you know, supporting small businesses and, and the ones who are, are trying to do it right, because that's where it really matters at the end of the day. Exactly. And I think it's also like minimizing your impact as much as you can. Like we are living in such a single use disposable lifestyle at the moment well maybe not you and I but the majority of people are because of how things are being made and manufactured now is not aligned with what is the most beneficial for the resources that we have on earth and it's sort of just taking that into account and thinking well what do I want my home planet to look like when I'm 50 60 80 like what do I want my children to see when they're growing up and I mean you see it firsthand being living in nature like right on the beach like by the water in Hawaii so you see the effects and a lot of people don't see the effects so it's easy for them to put their head in the sand and pretend like it's not affecting them or you know they can't do anything about it but I think that once people understand sustainability like we do and care about it like we do they realize that it's really the only way you can live. And it's it's true. We can't be perfectly 100% sustainable, especially in the society that we live in at the moment. It's sort of created that we, that we can't. It's impossible. But we can do our best to minimize our impact. And that's what we should be focusing on. So I 100% agree with you with all of that. Already covered why sustainability is important to you. 
you know, from your lifestyle and it's just being something that you've inherently or already had being in Hawaii. But I wanted to ask you for eyewear specifically, why eyewear? And also what were the things that you sort of learn at the start or over time um, developing, you know, deepening your connection to sustainability that you wished more shoppers knew about? Because I think that there's so many things that people just have no idea of what's actually going on behind the scenes, you know, in the manufacture and the design process that brands that aren't sustainable will always kind of like hide. So do you have anything to share, like anything that maybe pushed you further into being really solid in your sustainability? Yeah, for sure. So one thing that was really big for me was, you know, growing up kind of around and in the surf industry, you get to see that a lot of the brands like Billabong and Ruka and Quicksilver, you know, they're all owned by one big group of people. And that's most likely uh, hedge funds here in the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, they all share the same warehouse. They all share the same manufacturers in China. Um, and, And through that process, you get to realize, well, these companies may claim that they are in fact, sustainable and, and part of their materials used are recycled and whatnot. But when you really dive into it and, you know, you get to see it firsthand in their actual warehouses where they're manufacturing in China or their practices of everyday use or what they're doing to, you know, say they're they're moving forward to being more um, you know, sustainable. But it's greenwashing. Yeah, it's basically greenwashing, which is really, really sad to see because these big hedge funds in the States don't care about sustainability. All they really care about is, you know, where's my next check coming from or what mm-hmm. what brand are we going to acquire next? So it's really sad because a lot of those true and core surf brands and, you know, skate brands as well, you know, it's it's they're all owned by the same company now, which is, is – uh, called Blackstone, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's, it's sad to see. So for us, you know, that's why we wanted to get into the eyewear business. I started Arvo as a private label company, actually, uh, about three and a half years ago now. And we were doing, you know, private production for all of the bigger surf shops in Southern California. So Jack's and uh, a couple other guys in California. And during COVID, about two year, two and a half years ago, I was like, you know, I don't really want to do private label anymore. I kind of want to make this something of my own. I mean, I have such a, a targeted niche of sustainable but affordable eyewear. Um, and a lot of these other smaller companies are starting to get into the space of affordable eyewear. So Mm-hmm. Um, we went out and started Arvo. So Arvo basically means uh, afternoon in Australian slang. And my partner Jake is is a little Aussie. So he came up with the name Arvo. And we've just been grinding for the past two and a half years. And, um, you know, since then, it's been a really, really fun journey with Jake and the rest of the crew here and we've learned a lot and we've also been able to get some affordable eyewear into a lot of people's hands which we're we're really proud about and every year 
around this time during the holidays in the States, we like to do a, a big give back to the kids. So we give out around 200 pairs of sunglasses to kids here who are either staying at shelters or who are less fortunate than us. Um, you know, and around Christmas time, we like to do the same thing where it's, if these guys are a little, you know, less fortunate than we are, then we'd really love to give back and, and make a kid stoked whenever we can. That's beautiful. I love that so much because your eyewear is actually stunning. I, I, I love all the styles that you guys have. They're, they're quite stylish. So they would be so stoked with that for Christmas. <laughs> That's so lovely of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you say would be your ideal customer for Arvo? Do you have like a sort of vibe that you kind of feel like they resonate the most with the brand? Yeah, definitely someone who's, you know, kind of more laid back and who has some style for sure. I mean, our our eyewear isn't like, you know, black and white, straight up squares. Like we're a little funkier, a little retro. We take a little inspiration from uh, the 1980s and kind of like the jazz era of things. Beautiful. You know, I think our customer is different every single day, you know whenever someone learns about Arvo and learns about our story and our origins, I think it kind of sparks a uh, idea in their head where it's like, whoa, this is really sick. And I think like, I may not be a retro laid back person, but it's something that I would love to, you know, experience. So I think it, it varies every single day, but we've noticed that uh, our customer consists of a lot of surfers uh, skaters and overall just creative people in, in the arts industry. Do you have any goals for the future moving forward with Arvo? I know you've moved from private label now to doing your own collections. What does that look like for you guys? Run us through like what your goals are for the next six to 12 months. Yeah. So for the next six to 12 months, um, we are planning on releasing a couple of new collections. Uh, we have a collaborative collection with a rather rather famous surfer, I would say. Um, so that's that's in the works right now. And you know, I think we're just trying to grow in the right way, not too fast, but not too slow, and and really working on keying in our distribution as well as our manufacturing. Uh, right now, all of our wholesale or B2B uh, business is done on a made-to-order basis. So basically, that means if, you know, say you're a surf shop or somebody that wants to work with us, then we're only going to produce for you on a made-to-order basis. So after your order is, you know, confirmed, then we'll start production. And this is something that we have recently implemented into the business because before we produce uh, five, six times a year, but we found that by lessening our production um, and in smaller batches, it's actually reducing our carbon footprint. So we've decided to kind of keep that model Amazing. and uh, go on a handmade to order basis for b2b business and i think down the line here we want to figure out some way of doing that when it comes to our online business of uh handmade to order but still you know keeping it within a reasonable time frame yeah that's amazing because then you've you've definitely like already mitigated the whole waste issue 
you're not producing more than than you need, then you don't have anything going to landfill, which is something that so many brands won't ever admit. But the the waste that from not being able to sell goods and products is insane. I wanted to like jump on um, the back of what you were talking before. Was it Black Rock? Um, anyway, the so the Billabong thing. I was actually so shocked when you mentioned about um, all the surf brands being owned by the same company because isn't it like almost like a rivalry of like which brand sort of like is the best in the surf community. I don't know if it's the same like that anymore, but a friend of mine worked at Billabong doing retail um, um, in in the Gold Coast and she let me know about how their greenwashing is so bad. They'll be like on every single item of their clothing. It's like using like sustainability, recycled fibres, but she's like, but what customers don't see is I'm, I'm taking each item out of a single use like plastic bag, like unwrapping it and then hanging it up with the like recycled fibers tag on it and she's like it's a joke because there's thousands and thousands of these little plastic bags we then just have to throw in the bin like who cares about the like 50% recycled fibers like it's not sustainable at all so definitely greenwashing like it's right honestly insane I had no idea like I would think that you know surf and skate brands like they would probably be the closest to being sustainable because they're so involved with nature and like most surfers I know care about the environment. So it's just, that just makes me feel a little bit like sick hearing about that. So crazy because a lot of consumers don't realize what it is they're purchasing. Yeah. And now with, you know, a lot of brands being super transparent in their, you know, suppliers and their uh, supply chain efforts, I think that it's going to be, interesting for these big surf brands the next 5, 10, 15 years to cope with the consumer being a little bit smarter and making better quality, for example, board shorts or, you know, t-shirts with price point in mind and sustainability in mind. Because a lot of these brands, you know, are getting acquired by new groups Mm every five to 10 years. And it's interesting because a lot of these big groups that are acquiring them have no prior knowledge in surf or skate or anything like that. You know, they just have a lot of money. And inter- just buying a brand. Yeah, basically an interesting story. <laughs> it's I a can, label. Yeah, an interesting story I can kind of share was the owner of Billabong, his name was Paul Nade. Uh, he's a South African. He was the owner and president of Billabong and then Billabong went public on the stock market and he didn't want that to happen because then he knew that they'd be able to be acquired by bigger brands and uh, it wouldn't be good for the surf industry. But as a result, he tried to buy Billabong back for 900 million US dollars and they rejected his offer. (laughs) So what he did was he went and started his own brand called Visla, which is not a hundred percent, you know, sustainable on that side, but they're working, they're striving every single year to be sustainable. And they're one of the first ones to use this technology called Repurve, which is a recycled coconut husk and it's repurposed into plastic and linen type of materials and it's really interesting and we're starting to kind of get into that space of using repurve for 
a new collection we are working on for spring. But anyways, it's it's such an interesting thing because he was the owner and president, but they got bought out. He tried to buy it back. They said no. So he's like, all right, screw you guys. I'm going to, you know, start my own thing. It's so wild hearing that because I don't think any, like not a lot of people would know about that. And Billabong is just such a celebrated company, which really, if you think about it now, it's not even the same as what it used to be. Like it's not, it's not how it was developed. It's not like it doesn't have any of its original culture. It's just been bought out and it's just a label now that people are like, oh, you know, it's Billabong, like, but it's not really anymore. Right, <laughs> it's right. It's kind of sad. But I think that's why, like, we're so passionate at Acrocious. We only sign independent, independent, sustainable brands. And that's because we need to have a place where people can find brands that aren't just owned by, you know, that one big corporation like we were talking about before. Um things that are just made better, you know, yeah, to, sure. to last, not just, not just how, how can we make a product that is so cheap that we got such a big profit margin. So it doesn't even matter about the product. It's just about the profit margin. And I think that's the difference. And I think that's what people need to understand is there's brands that are creating products that you'll love and they're great. Or there's brands that are creating something that looks like a product, but it's not, it's just, they're just taking a profit margin and that thing's yeah. going to fall apart you know, very soon. Let's move on to what a perfect day looks like for you um, at the moment. Perfect day. Wow. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. perfect day for me is just kind of balancing my time of work and I guess you could say play. So ideally, perfect day, wake up around 6 a.m., head to the beach, get in the water, go for a little surf, come back. Beautiful. uh, Go to a little cafe, get a cup of coffee, and head back to the house, do some emails, do a podcast, who knows. (laughs) Maybe if I'm in Hawaii, I'll go for a quick hike, then spend some time with family and friends here, have a nice dinner couple glasses of wine kind of wind down for the night um yeah I mean every day is is so different here you know I wake up and depending on the weather I like to get in the water or I like to you know stay inside and and have a cup of coffee but every single day in Hawaii is so different and I think it's it's very unique living here and in California because you can really appreciate the way things are so slow here and so laid back as compared to California where everything is so go, go, go. And everyone's, you know, hustling every single second of the day, which is, you know, also really great to be in because it inspires you and it motivates you to work harder. But I think here, I mean, you can kind of just really slow down and listen to your thoughts and really see what it is that is going on and what you're feeling. So I like to kind of plan my day every single morning according to what I'm feeling. So like this morning, for example, I woke up and my phone was just ringing every single five minutes and I couldn't get off the phone. And it was just one of those days where I was like, okay, this is going to be a really, really hectic day. But you know, after this, I'll probably be able to go again in the water for sunset and kind of just wind back and enjoy my evening. So it's different every day. (laughs) 
It's good though. I love that you incorporate like being active in nature. And I think that's something that people, I mean, lifestyles can be so busy. And a lot of the time people are like, you know, alarmed to like gym and it's like, you know, high stress environment with the music and and everything. And then they're going in their car and they're in traffic and then they get straight to the office and then they go home. And then it's, you know, like, it's just always like high intensity environment. And I think that from your perfect day and my perfect day is quite similar, different, but similar, like in the sense of getting out and, and being active in nature and slowing down is so important. Yeah. Um, for sure. Everything just makes you really, yeah, like grateful, like appreciate life. And I think it just like gives you that clear head so that you really know like what your next move is. Cause I think a lot of the time when life is too busy, you can't really, you don't really get a chance to stop and think what the next move is. You're just going with it. So I love that so much. Yeah. There's kind of, there's a little saying I like to use and it's called waiting on waves and it references a you know slow minded type of person so i i kind of incorporate it when it comes to argo eyewear i mean you know we try to produce made to order and we we're very slow when it comes to producing new styles because we're trying to work on you know minimizing our footprint or minimizing our waste or really just slow when it comes to putting something new into full effect because we want to make sure it for one relates to sustainability like we talked about before and two it's because Mm -hmm. we're so used to a laid-back way of being surfers and having to wait for sets to come in or having to wait our turn in a busy lineup to to get a wave so it's you know, it's references patience a lot for us. And also like as a shopper, would you want to buy something that was produced in less than a week or would you want to purchase something that, you know, people have put a lot of thought and care into producing? There's so much more value into something when you know that it's been created thoughtfully instead of just a rushed job. So I love that so much, waiting for waves. I'm going to start saying that to myself when, I'm in, when I feel like I'm rushing too much. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. I'm sure there's going to be a few people listening that would love to know some more advice if you've got any. So if somebody listening to this is wanting to deepen their sustainability in terms of lifestyle, you know, maybe shopping choices, um, maybe they don't feel like they are that sustainable but they want to be more they just don't really know how to start or, you know, what to look for. Do you have any advice for somebody like that? Yeah, I wasn't always this sustainably minded. I mean, growing up as a kid, you kind of have parents who, you know, think on your behalf and do a lot of things on your behalf. And I feel like once someone gets to that point in life where they can finally be independent and think on their own, you realize a lot of things. And one of those things is really just thinking about what you're consuming and what you're doing every day. You know, for example, if you're going to drive five minutes down the road to go get a cup of coffee, I mean, why not walk? It'll take 10, 15 minutes. Um, Or if you're going to go to a grocery store, you know, don't buy a big name brand, buy a local brand from a local farmer or some local person that's selling because at the end of the day, you know, people are always going to support those bigger companies. But if we put at least 
five or 10% of our money into something that's, you know, made by a small business or made by somebody local, it's going to go a really, really long way. And I think living in America and the States, one of the things that people are, are really crazy for here. And one of the things that I'm kind of not proud of to be, you know, an American is, is being such a big consumer in big box stores. And I think these last five or six years, I've really seen the impact, the negative impact they have on our ecosystems and our economy. You know, you look at brands like Amazon who are just absolutely crushing small businesses during the holiday season. It's, it's really sad to see. Don't get me started on Amazon. It's crazy. I know. And you know, I've, I personally never have used Amazon and for anything, for anything at all. And I think that if you want to be sustainable, you just really have to think that's all it comes down to is thinking about what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, where you're getting your produce from, where you're, you know, buying your clothes from. Because a lot of the times, you know, finding a sustainable option isn't going to be hard. You know, you're going to sacrifice a little more money to get that that good or that service. But in the end, it's going to be so much worth it. So my advice to people who are trying to be more sustainable is, like I said, you know, just just think for yourself and think about exactly everything you're consuming. And a lot of the times it'll be pretty easy to supplement um, some of the things that aren't sustainable with things that are sustainable. I agree with you. It's, it is actually quite easy. It is, it's easier than ever at the moment to find sustainable products. I mean, even if you're someone that shops at the supermarket, like they've got the bamboo toothbrushes right next to the plastic ones. They've got, right. they've got all the options there, but I, I love, I love what you said about um, the produce and, and finding something local instead, because I mean, obviously that's going to cut emissions down. It's you're supporting the local economy and most times nine out of 10, the products actually made way better because that's that person's craft and that's what they love to do. It's not just being made en masse in a warehouse, in a factory on the other side of the world, you know, being shipped over um, for convenience's sake. (laughs) Uh, just to wrap, yeah, right. Just to wrap up, I'll ask you. Um, I know you, you, you've got your surfing, but do you have any other daily practices or rituals or affirmations? Anything that you do so that you're able to show up as your best self? One thing I really, really have uh, been on to is foundation training, and it's a lot of uh, breath work involved. And I found that you know I wake up in the morning. Sometimes I'm feeling you know, stressed, or sometimes I'm feeling tired. And I find that breathing and, you know, focusing on your breath and really honing into the power of, you know, just simply breathing is really, really powerful. And, um, you know, I just like to wake up and do a little foundation training, spend 10 to 15 minutes just breathing and focusing on that. And one thing only, um, and I find that throughout the day, I, I'm more energized and I'm more, you know, calm and I have more of a level head. So that's something I've really been implementing. Another thing I like to do when I'm not surfing or when I'm not working is pottery. It's a super 
great creative outlet for me to kind of just go and and let things take its course um and it kind of stresses the aspect of imperfection and for me imperfection is everything you know i'd rather create something that's imperfect with style and a story behind it over something that's perfectly cut and sewn or perfectly crafted you know to the exact measurements and exact dimensions but with pottery you know your your hands are doing the work and your mind is controlling everything that's happening so nothing's going to be perfect you know you kind of just make the best of what you've got and you kind of just let things happen naturally searching for like authenticity than perfection yeah for sure Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sure everybody listening has learned so much, but I just wanted to ask if somebody wanted to connect with you or Arvo, where is the best place to reach out? I'll leave all your links below, obviously, but um, yeah, how would you recommend if somebody wanted to get in touch, what would you, where would you send them? Yeah, for sure. I would send them uh, right to our Instagram, Arvo Eyewear. We're sifting through messages every single day and we love to hear feedback or we'd love to just kind of talk story with you, get, you know, pick your brain on some things and some new ideas, but we're pretty easy to reach. Amazing. All right. Well, I'll pop all the links down below and I'll also have in the description a link for you guys to check out their collection. And once their new collection comes out, we'll be posting about it too. So stay tuned for that. You said February, didn't you? For this yeah sometime time. i would say late february okay amazing well guys make sure you go check out the collection that we already have on a now and head over to arvo eyewear and connect with them on instagram thanks so much for joining me today austin thank you for having me it's really such a great honor to be on the podcast and i'm looking forward to continuing working with you guys i'm so excited as well all right well i won't keep you much longer because i know you've got a lot going on today so I'll chat to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned as much as I did from the conversation. Like I mentioned at the start, we did take a little break in between episodes, but we are back in better than ever. And we will have another very interesting podcast for you guys next week. If you haven't already done so, please give us a like and subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss out on the next episode. And in between now and then, if you'd like to reach out, I would love to hear from you. Please DM us, Ecocious on Instagram at ecocious.com.au. <laughs> or you can reach out to me on my personal page at Ariana Whittingham. Give us suggestions on what you want to hear, who you want to hear from, and if you've got any comments, suggestions, or feedback. I'll see you guys in the next episode.